Hello and welcome to the Speech for Success podcast with me, Rachel Kidd, a podcast that works on the basis that better communication can create a better life. In this podcast, I'll be talking to a whole range of communication experts, from psychologists, image consultants, business leaders, to speech and language therapists and team managers. We'll be finding out about their work and sharing tips that you can take with you into your staff room, boardroom, friendships or just life. Today, I'm joined by Noelle Brown, a renowned actress, activist, drama facilitator, playwright, and most recently stand-up comedian. She has over 30 years of experience as an actress and has appeared in household favourites such as Father Ted and Fair City. She's here today to talk about her work as a drama facilitator and to share tools from theatre that you can use in your everyday life. Noelle Brown, you are very welcome to the Speech for Success podcast. How are you? Good morning, Rachel. Delighted to be here chatting with you. Well, we're delighted to have you. Absolutely um, delighted. For listeners who aren't familiar with you or the work of a drama facilitator, we might just start there. What is a drama facilitator? Well, you know, in its technical term, I suppose it's a person that makes uh, a process easy or easier, um, which is what I do. Essentially, I work, you know, through drama. Um, and theatre skills. Primarily what I do is is present professional theatre skills to use uh, when you have to perform in public in front of an audience or if you have anxiety around it. That's what I use basically. The word drama then comes into it um, and I think I think it strikes fear in the hearts of people when they hear the word drama. Yes. Uh, <laughs> summons up memories of, you know, the local variety show or pantomime or whatever and putting mm-hmm. yourself out there in, in crazy situations and crazy costumes. But I suppose the drama aspect of facilitation for me really would be using drama exercises. Uh, it's more about, you know, using exercises, simple, simple little games uh, you know, sort of exercises that would help people to relax into learning, uh, to build up group dynamics sometimes. Um, and those exercises would would help people to get, you know, into their to get out of their heads and into their bodies, because I think that's what yeah. happens for a lot of us. Uh, we're so in our heads and we're so stopping ourselves from being relaxed you know if we have to talk in front of an audience or whatever so that's where the drama aspect is it's not about dressing up and uh, running around a stage or anything like that it's more about just simple little exercises that will lead you into learning professional theater skills brilliant 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 yeah I'm interested in that phrase there what you're saying about it helps people to relax into the learning so it's not about this adrenaline pumping backstage hype at all um it's these really simple exercises yeah it is because you do you know when you're working with a group of people you have to build up a group dynamic as well you want to create a safe space you want people you know to not to be afraid to try things in front of each other that you know you're all at the Mm. same level you're all there to learn you're all there to contribute and you know in life we forget how to play sometimes and I think you know my experience as an actor uh, and my training as an actor over the last like 34 years is we never lose the ability to play it's a really important part of it um, and I think for learning it's important that we throw off the stresses and the the adult behavior that we have to think about all the time and just play go back to basics uh, and I think that's a you know facilitate drama facilitation helps with that process of learning um, and facilitation for me is really about bringing the best out of people, you know, making yes. them making them the best people they can be in terms of communication, 
which is really important in life, as we know, in business and mm-hmm. personal life. So it's facilitating people growing and learning these skills. Um, and it's it's what actors do. I mean, people go see, you know, theatre plays when we could go, you know, more than 50 people at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you see the finished product. You see actors, you know, in costume, performing, uh, being heard properly, moving around the space. But that takes, you know, preparation. Um, and I think it's an important, there are important skills that we use to get to that point where we are performing comfortably and we are heard and we look relaxed and we're doing our job. So those skills are transferable. They're, you know, they're simple little skills, but they take work as well. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people, if they are anxious about, so many people I've spoken to actually, if they are anxious about talking in public or presenting in, in the business world, even um, they avoid, they're trying to avoid the situations. Yes. Uh, and when they do, it brings such a level of anxiety that they don't think about it until the last minute. And then they go on and do it and, you know, they fall apart or whatever. Yes. And I think it's planting in people the importance of preparation, you know, the importance of being relaxed, using mindfulness, thinking about your breathing you know, thinking thinking about how you will physically be in the room, if you've got props, how you're going to use them. You know, all of those little things can be learned. Um, and primarily, I suppose it is about preparation, but you can learn those in a really safe atmosphere um, and see your progress over the space of six weeks uh, mm-hmm. with a group or individually. Um, but I think I'm just I'm just excited about that. I can bring those skills to people yes. because I re- I think the moment for me, the kind of aha moment in terms of, I mean, I've been doing drama facilitation for many years, but in terms of deciding to share those performance skills, you know, with non-performers was when I I was performing in my own play, um, Postscript, uh, Mm -hmm. that I wrote with a friend of mine, Michelle Forbes, and it was a very personal story. Mm -hmm. And I was also playing myself. I was telling my story as myself which was, okay. you know, the popular kind of contemporary theatre at the time. But I've never felt terror like it. Uh, okay. It was way different to was, being... It being was a different. character, say. You weren't being exactly. any character. The character was you. Exactly. And that was utterly terrifying. And it made me think about people who do stand up as, as themselves. The hardest thing for me would be to stand up in a church and do the reading, do, you know what I mean? That yes. kind of thing. When you're yourself, yeah. it's much harder. And it made me think... Uh, and have a lot of empathy for people who'd have to do that in the business world, do massive presentations or give TED Talks or whatever they have to do. And I thought, wow, it's actually much harder and so much more exposing when you don't have a character and you don't have somebody else's words or whatever. It's just you. And there's Mm -hmm. more fear of judgment. You know, it is more anxiety making. Mm -hmm. So that's really when I decided to look at the theatre skills that I have, because that's what saved me on the night. You know what I mean? When yes. I walked onto that stage, uh-huh. all those years of training clicked in and I was grand. But, you know, I, I had that ability and I thought it'd be interesting to teach people those skills. You know yes. what I mean? And yeah. how useful they can be. Yeah, massively. Definitely. And it's so interesting that the tools in your back pocket around theatre helped you to be yourself and to convey your own self in that production if that makes sense Uh, because I there's a huge empathy when you're when you're speaking there Noel because of that experience you had there's there's 
there's real empathy in what you're saying. Like you totally understand where that person going for interview or who has to, you know, lead the group project is is coming from. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's a powerful message for people mm. listening because sometimes we do go into these everyday life situations yeah. and be like oh that's not how I wanted to come across and you know that's I wanted to come across as more x y or z or I should have said x yeah. or y um and those tools you're talking about there um helped you to be yourself in that situation and can can help other people um as well and yeah. so I, I think that's really really powerful for people listening um one thing as well, Noel, I just wanted to talk to you about was the way you were talking about preparation, that yeah. people watch the finished product or maybe look at that manager at work and are like, wow, you know, they they speak really well. They, you know, totally get the point across. But you're saying that nobody just rocked into the room ready made that mm. that preparation. It takes that time in the background with these tools and exercises. Um in order to come across as you want to come across that preparation is key it is absolutely i mean uh, what is that saying you know um fail to prepare prepare to fail you know exactly, um, yeah. it's it's hugely important and i do think as humans and i found myself thinking about doing that when i when i took up stand up comedy which is the thing that when the fear is so profound or the anxiety around the performance you think i won't think about that until i actually have to do it mm. which is actually the worst thing to do because it does kind of calm you down for a bit and go I'm not thinking about it I'm not thinking about it I'm fine but then it you know it's not going to go away completely so when you step up to present to a room full of people or a you know an auditorium of four or five hundred people or a thousand people it it, then it can take you unawares you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you haven't been managing your anxiety or your stress around it you haven't been preparing mentally through mindfulness yoga whatever that you have to do to relax So it can sideswipe you. And that's the thing to avoid, uh, you know, primarily is to prepare as much as possible, because that's what actors do. We rehearse, you know, and when we we have four weeks rehearsal or three weeks or whatever. But when we are then doing the performance day after day after day, you know, you go into work in the evening or if you have a matinee, you're going in, you know, late morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go in, you warm up, you do your meditation or you do your yoga practice or whatever your practice is. You warm mm-hmm. up your voice, you you know, you try to relax, you warm up your body. You They're the things you do. You don't walk onto the stage cold. I mean, I'm sure some actors do, but it's not the best way to approach it. You need to be absolutely prepared. Uh, and I think that gets lost sometimes. Now, you don't have to spend two hours sweating in a corner to prepare. No. You can do you know very quickly within 15-20 minutes once you have the skills to focus yourself and the thing is I mean it's much like anything if you run like I I run a bit um Mm -hmm. you know during the week if you stretch and warm up the run is easier always if you just get up leave the house and start running you you know you're going to be achy it's going to take you longer for your body to adjust to just jumping into it Mm-hmm. And it's the same with this. When you warm up your your mind, your body, your breath, all of those things, you are more prepared. You walk into a room, your shoulders aren't up around your ears because you relax them. You're, you know, you're standing tall, so your breathing isn't compromised. All of those things are really important and it makes it easier. And you might, you get to the point where you actually enjoy doing it. You know, you can't eradicate 
the little butterflies in the stomach or the little bit of fear. But you use that fear. You know, it's there. And if you didn't have it, it you know, it, it's it's pointless. The fear mm. is the adrenaline that helps you perform as well. And it's harnessing that, but not letting it overtake you. But preparation is absolutely important. And I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Mm. If you want to succeed, you use these skills, you know, you you harness them, you hone them and you use them to perform. That's what it's about. Excellent. Absolute excellent. And it's that I think that's that's so such a powerful message, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for people listening. The the preparation of mind, body, and breath when you're heading into that, those yeah. situations. And and I love the analogy with running as well, because I run too and Oh, okay, you get you're, it. <laughs> you're heading for injury if you're yeah. not warmed up I like you'll get away with it but it's it's not it's not a good it's not a great practice um I I really like that I'm actually jotting down notes as you're talking so (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm sure listeners listeners are the same um so that's fantastic so preparation preparation of the mind the body and and you Mm. touched on things there like yoga and mindfulness which which people are familiar with you know as too um that we're not reinventing the wheel to hear um that there are um you know familiar themes there yeah um, absolutely and it's harnessing whatever practice that you have as well you know people you know the groups that I work with and the individuals I work with they go oh well I, I don't do that kind of I don't do you know dance I don't do those kind of mm-hmm. it's like well, well what is your practice do you have one do you like yoga do you like pilates whatever it is use that if that's what you want to do if not then I show people just basic exercises just to warm up the body and to warm up the voice. And, you know, you, you learn them, you take them away with you, the set of skills that you use in preparation. Um, mm. And they're really simple. But if you have your own practice, you can do that as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we've kind of touched on it there in terms of the, the stumbling blocks people encounter when they are trying to express mm. themselves better, when they're on that journey. They're like, right, I know I want to, you know, get promoted I know I want to lead this team I've been set this challenge and and they're they're in the early days um and you touched on the big stumbling block which is lack of preparation maybe and just avoiding um and going cold into these talking situations um Mm. but are there any other big stumbling blocks that you find people are encountering when they are trying to express themselves Um, maybe in an interview or presentation or anything yeah, it's the biggest fear. And everybody that I've worked with has said this. It's the fear of being judged. It's okay. the judgment. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we seem to rush to the fact that it's going to be a negative judgment. You know? yes. So yes. And I suppose it, it's also remembering. And again, it's something that actors do. It's very fearful when you walk out in front of an audience of however hundreds of people that are in front of you. Um, you, you know, you can't go out there with the idea they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me, I'm going to be terrible, I'm going to be terrible, I'm going to be terrible. You have to find that confidence in yourself um, and leave that judgy voice behind, you know what yeah. I mean? And and, yeah. and take the stage, you know, take center stage mm-hmm. and do the best you can mm-hmm. and be the best that you can. And I think that's a big problem for people that they see the audience, uh, however big, however small, as the enemy. Um, and they're not always, you know, the audience mm-hmm. wants you to succeed. And I think it's they don't want to see you fail. It's more uncomfortable for people to see you fail. So I think it's also trying to, you know, connect with an audience, demystify them. Don't hide from them. It's it's not a, about cutting yourself off and going, I just want to acknowledge them. It's, it's actually making them your friend, connecting with them, yeah. 
communicating with them and accepting that, you know, there are people out there that have probably felt like you have, you know, Mm -hmm. and have stood where you have stood and felt they were being judged and all those things. But I suppose it's just those key skills around connecting with an audience as opposed to shutting down and cutting yourself off from going, you know, I'm not letting them in here. I'm not going to let them judge me. Uh, and you know not revealing yourself not being comfortable Mm -hmm. um and I think that's significant it's just that worry and anxiety around being judged and I've had it as an actor particularly you know during that show where I was playing myself saying my own words like I remember feeling oh my god if they if they don't like this show it means they don't like me they don't like my personal story Mm -hmm. they don't like what I've written there's nowhere to hide (laughs) and it's just but you have to accept that as well yeah of course there are going to be some people who will go oh she was terrible but you know for the majority of people they want you to succeed you know they want to be a good audience for you um so I suppose it's just about those things as well that is a huge part of communicating you know moving beyond the person-to-person communication Mm -hmm. but actually talking to a room full of people Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. can be very nerve-wracking for people but not all actors are extroverts either. We, we, you know, we can struggle with that as well. So it's it's just yeah. finding those skills to, to cope with it, you know. Yeah, excellent. Um, so that's brilliant. So there could be people listening that are thinking, right, okay, they might substitute the word audience there for colleagues or team mm-hmm. or, um, or whatever. And they're thinking, right, okay, I'd like to try this. I'd like to give this, um, I'd like to learn some of these tools. I'd like to learn some of these skills. Mm-hmm. What can people expect then when they come to one of your workshops? Well, they can expect, I mean, the title of the the workshop, uh, the most recent one was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So Susan Jeffers. (laughs) (laughs) Feel the fear and do it anyway. Most important. Um, So I suppose it's bring your fears and all the things that you're worried about, bring them into a very safe space in a room with like-minded people all there to learn. Um, you'll have fun, you know, there will be a lot of fun involved. Um, there will be, you won't have to learn at, a, you know, a breakneck speed, because I know people, you know, have asked me several times, oh, what's the difference between your courses and other courses that are out there? Yeah. There's a huge emphasis at the moment on day-long courses or half mm-hmm. a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. You cannot learn those skills in half a day. So mine will go over the space of four to six weeks. You okay. know, it's a significant amount of time. You don't learn to drive a car, you know what I mean, in an afternoon. You can't learn these skills and, you know, get them into your body and into your mind uh, in a day and a half or, you know what I mean, or two days. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So primarily it's it's uh, it's an overall course that will take you from, you know, the, the learning the basic skills right through to performing for your people in the course um, or outside of that if you want to set up your own groups on Zoom or whatever and keep working on it. But it's it's fun. It's a safe space. Um, like-minded people. I also do one-to-one mentoring. I have a few people at the moment that I'm working with, um, who don't like being in groups of people. Uh, yes. So they they prefer to work that way. But basically, it's just it's learning at your own pace um, and enjoying that learning and seeing seeing you grow, taking the fear away, not eradicating it completely, but you know, taking the focus off the fear, I suppose, um, and just learning to enjoy who you are and you as a communicator and not to dread something that should be enjoyable like we are natural communicators so to shut that down and go oh I hate doing this I hate doing this I hate doing this 
it's just a shame, you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it, it can affect your day-to-day living and create a stress that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, it's just, it's a, it's a fun course to do um, mm-hmm. and that you will leave with a set of skills that you can take and, and move forward with. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, and I'm curious as well about uh, the comedy and the stand-up comedy you were talking about too. <laughs> um, I, because I, d- I definitely find when you can crack a joke or have a laugh in any context, everything just gets better. Um, Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's, and for me, look on the outside looking in, I'd be like, wow, that's a gift. You know, when you look at comedians and stand-up comedians and stuff, but because you're early in the journey with with stand-up comedy mm. um are there any learnings there or tips that you would have um for listeners yeah I mean I did not expect to ever do stand-up comedy I love comedy but I thought I don't I don't have the nerve to do that you know mm-hmm. it's absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. but somebody just asked me when I was uh 53, <laughs> the nice. day, 53 <laughs> said would you be up for doing that you know I went because I made a I made a decision in my 50s to go, you know, do something that absolutely terrifies you at least mm-hmm. once a year mm-hmm. forever so that, you know, you don't ever get too settled in yourself. Yeah. So that was at 53 was the scary thing. Um, and I I was absolutely terrified. I was really, really scared. Okay. But I just thought, what would I do if this was a play? What would I do? So I did the preparation. I made sure even though I was absolutely rattling mm-hmm. that I was prepared and I was ready and I had my set you know learned backwards again mm-hmm. it's very different to play it's not like you can learn a script off what you okay you know it's <laughs> that's the danger you yes. have the spine of what you want to say but people will interact with you there'll be laughter they will go ad-libbing so it's a very again it's a very different practice to just being an actor learning a script and going on stage so okay. that was very different um but I mainly did it because I was researching and developing a piece of theatre. I'd, I'd created a, a co-produced a night uh, with Faye O'Rourke in the Sugar Club around mm-hmm. the theme of menopause, which okay. is a subject in Ireland that's finally is being talked about. But yeah. for a lot of women, it's a very lonely time and the resources aren't out there to help people go through it. It's a, it can be very, very difficult. Yes. And I was looking for a way to talk about that issue raise that issue because I was going through it myself trying to figure Mm -hmm. it all out nobody Mm -hmm. told me what it was going to be like couldn't find anyone to talk to about it Mm -hmm. so I was researching and developing piece wrote a piece for the sugar club night did it people came up to me and said that's brilliant what kind of a play is it going to be how long is it going to be and I realized that it wasn't a play it wasn't a theater play in the traditional sense of theater it was something else but I didn't know what it was okay so when someone said to me do you want to do some stand-up comedy I thought you know what that's what it is. It's a conversation with an audience in the framework of stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. So that became my set. And what it did was we were able to laugh at the subject of menopause, but it yes. also packed a punch around, hey, lads, let us wake up to this serious issue for women in Ireland. And they're mm. not being looked after around it. It's, mm. it's you know, there are, there's a, there are symptoms that we're not being recognized. There's GPs, healthcare providers are letting women down in terms of dealing with menopause and being educated about menopause yes. because you have to figure it out as you're going through it so that's how I ended up doing stand-up comedy and it was exactly the right vehicle for it because mm. it, it was raising an issue mm. that people are deeply uncomfortable about for some reason there's a silence yes. around it it was using comedy as as the the mechanism for it and it, it worked and I, I'm doing yeah. it soon in a 
menopause success summit at, at the end of September. So it was a good vehicle. But I was scared to go, I don't know how to do this format. I've never done. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. again, years of experience of being on stages, I went, hmm, OK, it's just different. You know, it's a little different, but it is about being on stage. And I had a lot of experience around that. So it helped. Um, but I love it. I have to say, I love doing stand up. I really, really love it, even though it's utterly terrifying still. But yes. <laughs> but the skills as an actor and the preparation I do as an actor for performances, you know, they all applied again, which was great, you know? Yeah. No, I think I love the way you're talking there about how you're using comedy as the vehicle and the mechanism yeah. to wake people mm-hmm. up to a very serious issue. Um, mm. It's it's kind of a non-traditional way of waking people up to an issue and, and, and getting them to engage with it because there's nothing more engaging than having a laugh with someone. Um, Absolutely. That, that big, big belly laugh. And it's, it's powerful. And mm. I wonder as well that, I could be right or wrong about this, but on a personal level for women, mm-hmm. when you can laugh at something, because in speech and language therapy, I we would use humor a lot with our adolescents who who stammer. So yep. if you can laugh and create laughter around your stammer, it doesn't control you. Yes. If that makes sense, you're controlling yep. it. Does it have personal benefits, do you feel, to individuals using humor like that for serious issues? I think it's really important. And I remember... It's hugely important. When I was starting out as an actor, I remember a very, very experienced actor saying to me, you know, don't ever lose the ability to laugh at yourself. Mm. It's really important as an actor. You cannot take yourself too seriously. You have to have the ability to step outside yourself and go, would you look at the state of me? What am I like? And I, 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 the actors that I like yeah. working with have that ability as well. Yes. It's really important. You can't take yourself too seriously. You can't be too earnest. You have to look for the humor in it all. And I think as Irish people, we're pretty good at that. We do have yes. a dark sense of humor and we find we find moments of you can go, oh, she's the state of one or the state of yeah. It's really important. And humor is a powerful tool. You know, I think yeah. it it relaxes people to smile and to laugh at something and to laugh at yourself. Yeah. I think is huge because it it, it you're not afraid of being vulnerable. You're not afraid of, you know, acknowledging that you know there's something that needs to be learned or you did something wrong or whatever Mm. but I think it's humor is a fantastic tool it really is Mm. um and it's something you know within the course we do have a lot of laughs as well you know what I mean and it's finding that level of humor and you see people relax straight away because it is about being relaxed you know what I mean yeah and if you can laugh together in a group or laugh you know in a a one-to-one thing or whatever you're much more open to learning you know you just yeah. are you know? mm. and you're and you're you're, you're self-aware you're aware yeah. of you know where your where your blind spots are or where the where the problems are or whatever but just being able to laugh at it is yeah it's it's hugely healing and it's hugely empowering I think you know yeah no it's brilliant and just when you're saying there that laughter makes you open to learning yeah. um is is literally literally true uh because in the uh, in the evidence base that we're looking at when when children are laughing there's a dopamine release and everything becomes more memorable um oh, wow. 
everything literally becomes more memorable so when we look back on school we don't really remember the mundane but we do remember when Johnny like threw a welly at the window or something ridiculous (laughs) that made everyone laugh because laughter is just creates that dopamine release everything becomes more memorable um and so for for individuals and people opening yourself up and being a humorous person having that laugh makes you memorable makes it does and situation stick we do get very serious as adults you know what I mean life gets hard you know Mm. this you know work family commitments you know elderly parents whatever it is we get we get a tough time the older we get and and Sometimes I think we forget how to have a laugh and enjoy ourselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or slag each other, or whatever. And it's mm. a thing, I suppose, I'm used to it, like with working as actors, there's a banter. There's always a dressing room banter, you know what I mean? The yeah. silliest stuff. We, we just have the ability to make each other laugh a lot. You know what yes. I mean? It's, it's part of this thing that I love about this community. Yeah. We don't take ourselves, mostly, <laughs> don't take ourselves too seriously. And there's a banter. Um, and I think as it's really it's really important to hang on to that the older you get you know what I mean not to lose that ability to laugh Um, because I do think life can push it out of us sometimes and you know I've worked with so many different types of people over the years you know older people and the LGBT community the traveling community and just on on my own projects and and facilitation and you you just see when people just start to laugh, you know, that there's something happens or somebody says something or someone tells a story mm-hmm. and the ripple effect in a group, you know what I mean? Everyone just exhales and relaxes and it's just, it's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting space to watch now that you're mm-hmm. at the, in the, in the early days of that stand-up comedy process. Um but uh, no, it's brilliant getting experts like you onto the show because I just don't have to say a lot. And you just have so Sorry. much. I can talk so, for Ireland. For <laughs> Ireland, so much to offer, like such a such a such an insight that you know into things that that growth mindset you know that Mm. people people can learn these skills you don't have to be a billy barry performer you know to do a powerpoint presentation well and Mm -hmm. to be memorable to have fun that these are all tools um and you're never so, too old to learn these either. Never too <laughs> old. Never, never too old. You don't have to do stage school as a child or no, anything like that. It. Noelle, for people who want to get in touch with you or maybe want to join one of your workshops, what? how can people contact you? Well, just contact me. Uh, I have a website, noellebrown.com. Um, so it's brown without an E and it's noelle, N-O-E-L-L-E. Uh, brown.com you can contact me through the website um or you can contact i'm on linkedin as well you can contact me on linkedin right. and i'm all over social media so brilliant easily accessible and um, so please feel free to, at the moment i'm doing one-to-one mentoring excellent um get please feel free to get in touch that would be amazing brilliant 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 noel brown thank you very much for coming on today's podcast thank you rachel lovely lovely talking to you <laughs>